This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. There were so many things that I missed during the height of the pandemic. One of them was sitting inside a movie theater. Sure, sitting at home in my PJs and streaming movies isn't bad, but there's something to be said about the feeling you get inside a theater. The smell of the popcorn, the slightly sticky floors, that moment when the ads finally end and the lights fade to dark. Experiencing a movie as part of a living, breathing audience. The first time I stepped back into the theater was for the Marvel movie Shang-Chi. I wore two masks and they stayed glued to my face the whole time. It wasn't exactly the same. Hollywood and movie theaters understand that's the struggle they face. Today on Fifth Emission, I'm joined by Chronicle Datebook movie critics Mick LaSalle and G. Allen Johnson to discuss whether movie theater attendance will ever return to pre-pandemic times. How are theaters surviving? What's been working and what hasn't? And what do studio execs have to consider now? We'll also hear about the films they're looking forward to as the summer movie season kicks off. Mick and Allen, thanks for being on Fifth Emission. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Mick, I want to start with you. What are theaters doing to get people back inside the movie theater? How has the pandemic changed the way they're doing business? Well, it seems that they're doing things to to try to make things safer, say adding air filtration and and uh, and also they're trying to bring people in by having special events. So those are the two big things that they're doing. Right now, so far, there's nothing really in terms of movie content because this, these, you know, these are movies that were even even the ones that are being made now, or at least the ones that are being in theaters now, were conceived of before the pandemic or maybe made early in the pandemic. So I don't know really where it's going from there. But uh, you know, it might it might be a hard climb getting people to come back. It really really might. When you mention live events at the theaters, what do you mean by that? Well, Alan knows more about this than I do, but a lot of times they're they're having. You know, they'll have like little shows, little uh, contests or something at a at a theater or little giveaways. It's kind of funny because that's how movies used to be. That, that's how movies were in the 30s and 40s. You know, people would go mm-hmm. and they'd see some somebody sing before the show or, you know, not at not at the local movie theater, but at places like Radio City, you know, big, big places like that would have big stage shows. So maybe that's it's a little bit of the return to that people getting something that they they can't get at home. And not only can't get it home, but could never get it home. Yeah, I have to say that San Francisco theater owners have been pretty resourceful, and uh, and uh, they've had some interesting shows. Like the Balboa, they showed all five of the uh, the Twilight films, you know, in different days uh, to try and get people out, which did really well. And the highlight was uh, they had Twilight Eclipse timed during the actual lunar eclipse, so they actually stopped the film. At the time, there was supposed to be the lunar eclipse, and everybody spilled out onto the sidewalk uh, to watch it. So it's it's kind of special events like that. Some places have also had live components like music performances, if the film is music-related, 
or, you know, Q&As with filmmakers and things like that. So a lot of creative thinking here. And Ellen, at the same time, we're hearing some sad news about what's happening to independent theaters across the Bay Area. Most recently, Landmarks, Shattuck Cinemas, and Berkeley will permanently close on June 1st after 30 years. That's some sad news for movie lovers in the Bay Area. And I understand you spoke to a few local independent theater owners for this story. How are they feeling? How are they doing? Well, we quoted a theater owner, one of the Roxy uh, programmers that said that it's at crisis mode, that people are really, really worried, uh, you know, because a lot of the a lot of people have been slow to return. Uh, the Roxy is a case in point in that they used to get uh, film goers uh, of all different ages and uh, older people as well as as younger people, uh, depending on the show. And the older people have been slow to return. The younger people have returned. And so they've actually tailored some of their programming for that. The landmark appears to be in in some type of real trouble here because the only reason why the Opera Plaza reopened is because the San Francisco Neighborhood Theater Association agreed to operate the theater for them. They're, the Embarcadero Theater closed recently. Uh, the Shattuck Cinemas are closing. And one of their big theaters down in Los Angeles are also closing this month mm-hmm. as well. So it's a bad news for uh, Bay Area, um, you know, independent movie fans. Yeah. And Mick, how has the pandemic sort of changed the way that movie studios are thinking about what kind of films to greenlight? Do they have to produce movies now that are going to have that sit in the theater appeal for audiences? Mm-hmm. I think I think it's too soon to tell. We're not, we're not seeing that necessarily now, but it would seem inevitable. Let's say and this is, I believe this will be the case, that a certain percentage of older viewers never return to the movie theater because now they they know about streaming and all that. So what does that mean? It could mean more movies dedicated to a youth audience, but the truth is most movies are dedicated to that audience already. Mm-hmm. And it could be the older audience now has a way of seeing new movies. By older, I mean like over 40, you know, we're, we're talking like that, not not over 60 or 70. A certain percentage of them, let's say, don't come back. But there was a certain percentage of them that was that were gone already. And so I think it's just as possible that now that everybody knows about streaming and that also home theaters have gotten better, that more movies will be made for that audience or at least as many. So... Even though I think that it is true that the people will be thinking of, okay, we can make a ton of money in the theaters for this kind of movie, and it will encourage a lot of you know superhero blockbuster movies. It's also very possible that there'll be a, a safe kind of guaranteed audience for what we might call quality product. I don't anticipate a big change. I, re- I, just, I just don't. Hey, Mick, uh, I was kind of wondering uh, what you thought of uh, the box office receipts to Downton Abbey, A New Era, that just came out. Now, that's geared toward an older crowd. A lot of people thought that was like the canary in the coal mine for bringing older viewers back. It was number two at the box office, $16 million, But in 2019, when the last film opened, it made $31 million at the box office. So it, it did about half as well, and yet – industry analysts are saying, well, this is not a bad result. Yeah. You know, uh, well, what do you think? Uh, Yeah, I'm hearing that too. I know it's being called a success. So this indicates that maybe a certain number of people will come back for something specific like that. The question is, though, how many movies will have the appeal for older audiences as Downton Abbey? And I would say it's not that many. The, The other question is, 
um, and this is the hopeful thing, is that the, the people who went to see the movie now are going to get back into the habit of it. And I imagine there are a few people who've avoided movies for a long time who maybe stumbled into the movie theater to see Downton Abbey and looked around and said, oh, you know, this is not, this is doable. I can wear a mask. I could sit here. It'll be fine. But I imagine that others will say, well, okay, I did for that, but I'm not going to do it for something else. I mean, I, I kind of agree. I know I'm not supposed to, right? I'm the movie critic. I'm supposed to say, oh, everybody should go to the movie theaters. But I mean, you got a situation where you got like a certain percentage chance of getting COVID. I don't know what the chance is, but whatever it is. And then you have like a 50% chance of seeing a bad movie, right? So why? <laughs> why would you risk anything to go to a movie theater when right now you can start streaming things like after 30 to 45 days? Well, what do you both make of the box office success of everything, everywhere, all at once? That has, yeah. you know, I've seen it in theaters and my message to people who ask me about it is you have to see it in person. Yeah. It's the theater experience. What do you both make of that success? Well, I think that is a unique, I mean, just a one-of-a-kind film. I mean, I hadn't seen really a movie like that before. And crucially, unlike, uh, say, something like uh, The Lost City that had Sandra Bullock in it that came out around the same time, it, you couldn't see it on streaming, you know, anytime soon. And uh, it, it's just a, a movie that hit a certain uh, zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. I think it's already become A24's uh, biggest grossing movie of all time, which is a little bit over $50 million. The movie that was a hit before that was The Batman, and the movie that was the hit after that was the the Doctor Strange uh, sequel, and they had their built-in audiences. This did not. Mm -hmm. This really uh, was an encouraging sign, actually, to the theater owners that I talked to. Yeah, and 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 you have to imagine that the word of mouth on this was terrific because mm -hmm. it's just such a good movie, and, and you know. So, and I'm sure you know Cecilia, the only one. I mean, everybody, mm -hmm. everybody said who saw it in the movie theater, you have to see it in the movie theater. Right. So everybody told their friends exactly the same thing and and right. that it's really good. Right. So f something that that just gets that kind of raves and I'm talking about not just from critics, but from just people seeing it. I think, you know, that will be persuasive, but you, it's going to have to be more than movies that are as great as that bringing people in. I mean, it, it, mediocre movies have to bring them in, too. And uh, it's going to be hard for something that's geared to anything other than a young audience. There's also probably something to be said about the success of Everything, Everywhere, All at Once that's due to Asian Americans wanting to support Asian American content, right? They've been great at reserving theaters, buying out blocks of tickets. Movie studios are probably paying attention to demographics and creating more diverse content. I think that's very reasonable. Yeah, I think that's true. We'll be right back. You can support the newsroom that creates Fifth Emission by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. So you mentioned, you know, streaming services competing with movie theater experiences. We all got really comfortable with enjoying the home theater experience 
Has the pandemic accelerated existing sort of technological trends or has it pivoted consumer habits? I think that it accelerated trends that are already there. I think the whole theater going experience in not just recent years, but like the last 20 years has become something very, very geared towards very young people. It really is kind of a sensory bombardment. I, every time I go to the movies, like on a Saturday night, I'm very uh, imp- well, negatively impressed by what a, a, just a bombardment it is of sound and, and noise and also you know, mm. idiotic TV shows that they're trying to sell and, and products and everything. It just seems kind of like uh, almost <laughs> offensive. Now, if you're 25 mm. years old you, or 18 years old, this is the world you grew up in, you're used to it and everything. But if you're older, it's 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 very it's it's kind of borderline unpleasant. You know, a lot of a lot of people, maybe like over seventy, fairly intimidated by technology. Well, they 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 had to get good enough to get on Netflix or Amazon Prime or or any of the premium things. They had to get good enough if they wanted to see a movie, and so they got good. You know, a lot of them did. So, you know, now now they have now they have all the power, right? So. I think that it absolutely accelerated uh, the, the trend in technology and probably imported it a little bit to a generation that wasn't yeah. even going to go there, but yes. then had to. And now they think they'll stay mm-hmm. there. And it's not just older people. Uh, I talked to one 26-year-old that is still not returned to the theaters. And this was a woman who went to the theater four times a month, she estimated, and still mm-hmm. hasn't gone back since then. And uh, uh, and it might be related to something that I did, Cecilia, in April of 2020. We had been locked down for a month and it looked like this thing was just going to drag out for like the rest of the year, probably at least. Mm-hmm. And you know what? My TV was just not, uh, you know, doing it for me. So I went out and bought myself a nice big TV thing. If I'm going to be stuck at home, I'm going to buy this uh, this massive TV so I can at least, you know, uh, see movies in a in a way that maybe they m- might be almost meant to be seen. And I bet you a lot of other people did the same thing. I mean, a lot of people really upgraded their home theaters during the pandemic and, uh, and they like it. How big, how big did you go? Oh, uh, 55 inches. That's it. You know, that's pretty <laughs> that's good. Pretty that's pretty good. good. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> well, Alan, what was the first movie that you watched in the theaters after enjoying your 55-inch screen? Did you have sort of the same experience that Mick just described, a feeling bombarded, or what was that like? Well, first of all, I'm a child of the cinema. I love going to the movies, and I always will, and so I couldn't wait to return to the theater. So, yeah, I know exactly what movie I saw, and... uh this will uh, stir up bad uh, memories for uh, Mick, but uh, it was Tenet <laughs> in oh. October of – The very, uh, very long Tenet, yeah, yes. October of 2020, yes. and I thoroughly enjoyed the experience. I was impressed that yeah, you did that. I was like uh, probably six months or seven months or whatever it was was like the, the longest I'd ever gone in my life without going into a movie theater, so mm. – So looking ahead, what have you both heard from just either small theaters or theater chains? What are they most worried about at this point? Well, one thing I think uh, the theater chains are uh, have a little bit deeper pockets than um, independent uh, theaters. So while the independent theaters are really trying to really pull out all the stops creatively, uh, the big uh, theaters are investing more in technology like not only just revamping all of their filtration systems, air filtration, but but also having more 
specialty screens, you know, like 40X or Screen X or, you know, all the Xs, you know, IMAX, mm -hmm. you know, and things like that. Um, I thought it was an interesting stat that uh, uh, we talked to one of the higher ups at uh, Cinemark. They have 30 theaters in the Bay Area. And she was saying that 4% of their screens are specialty screens. And yet that yields about 15% of their box office. So my guess is they want to start doubling that. They want to make people you know, come in from their home theaters, you know, and to see something like Top Gun Maverick, for example. Mm -hmm. And they, and one thing is that the the Cinemark person that we talked to, it's kind of their job to sort of pump things up and say, everything's great, you know, and that kind of thing. But even she admitted that according to their tracking, you know, that something like they said 85% of the people are, are, are thinking about going back to the theater, either have gone back or thinking of going back. And she admitted that 15% we're not sure how to get them back in. Yeah. So we know that summer is a really big deal for movies. Mick, what are you looking forward to watching? What I'm looking forward to is like the movie, the Claire Denis movie with uh, Juliette Binoche and Vincent Landon called uh, Fire. And uh, I was looking forward to Benediction. I just saw it and that's really good. But as far as like the, the movies that, that I think that people are really anticipating right now, I mean, you have Jurassic World, Dominion. Those are always good. Mm -hmm. They're never bad. Mm -hmm. On June 10th, there's the Elvis movie, which I think is going to be interesting because it looks horrible. <laughs> but but if it's horrible, it's still good, you know, because it could still be fun. I mean, you see, did you see the outfit that Tom Hanks is? He's like in this fat suit. It's really funny. It's Tom <laughs> Parker. And uh, and every time the guy, I forgot the guy's name who's playing Elvis. It's Austin something. Austin but Butler. He, Austin Butler, yeah, he, he when he's like doing the Elvis gyrations, it looks more like he has like some kind of neurological problem. It does. It's, uh, so I want to see if he if he's able to get that act together. You have the new Jordan Peele, uh, Nope, which is coming out. Uh, Bullet Train with Brad Pitt looks like a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to Emily the Criminal with Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza mm. as an unemployed woman who like gets gets in over her head, you know, to, uh, with crime. And then there's a Stallone movie that I'm look, that I've been hearing about for a few years called Samaritan that I'd like to see. So these are all these are all movies that I'm either uh, looking forward to that I'm perfectly willing to see and that I think could be interesting. What about you, Alan? Well, I think we have to start with Top Gun Maverick, and uh, mm -hmm. of course that's just oh, yeah. coming out uh, this weekend. I'm very much looking forward to Lightyear, the new Pixar movie. It'll be the first uh, Pixar movie to be in theaters since uh, early 2020. Mm -hmm. Lightyear stars Chris Evans as as Buzz Lightyear taking over the voice role from Tim Allen. That's a big one. And an independent film I'm looking forward to is a good luck to you, Leo Grand. That's uh, Emma Thompson as a, uh, a woman in her 60s who, after her husband's death, uh, has never had sex with another man. And she's kind of interested in having that and hires a male sex worker and that's mm -hmm. the start of a, uh, a, a a very long discussion there. That's a that's a hopefully very absorbing and so forth. But it sounds sounds like a good comedy <laughs> drama to me. Yeah, it sounds good for Emma Thompson. Too. <laughs> that's fun. Well, it sounds like there's a little bit of everything for everyone. Mick and Alan, thank you so much for helping us understand what to look forward to. I appreciate it. Thank you, Cecilia. Oh, it's a pleasure. 
Mick LaSalle and G. Allen Johnson are movie critics at the San Francisco Chronicle. Find their datebook story about movie theaters trying to get people back at sfchronicle.com and the Chronicle app. You'll also see reviews of all the summer movies there. Thanks to King Kaufman for the edits and to you for listening. We'll be taking Monday off. Have a happy long weekend. Hope it includes some good movies, whether that's in the theater or in your living room. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. <laughs>